You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 357 with Jane Butler. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Jane on the show today. I thought this was the perfect topic to be talking about. We are going to be talking about grief. I know you guys are like, what? Trust me. What she has to say is so good because I think that as a society, we sometimes do not know what to do when people are grieving and we can sometimes just freeze and not say anything or do or do anything. And we then feel bad because we wanted to show that person support and we just don't know what to do. Um, or we may find ourselves saying, the wrong thing and wishing we could retake it. So if you find yourself in this kind of position or you found yourself, you know, in the past doing something like this, this is the perfect episode because Jane's conversation with us is so good. And she has created this amazing platform um, to get ideas and, and you'll, you'll hear what she has to say. And it's so good. And she also just kind of gives us some ideas on um, how to show up for people and, how to best support people. And I think it's just so, so good. So make sure to share this episode with your friends, your small group, your community group. I think it's has so many good nuggets in it that you can't go wrong. And I think it's such a good life lesson um, to have this information. And if you have not gone through something uh, that is really, really hard and you haven't lost somebody or someone hasn't been really sick in your life, uh, you may just not have the you know, the lessons and the examples and the experience uh, to know what to do, what to say. And this is where Jane comes in and really gives us such a great gift on helping, supporting and serving others. Let's go to the show. Jane, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Okay. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker to start off, you know, um, make it, you know, like not too serious, but also leave listeners a little bit inspired and just kind of feeling like, oh, you know, this is something I feel too, and and just a way to connect and, and not feel alone. Um, so the question is that I love to ask is what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, put on the spot. I would say that my life to my younger self, that your life is going to be more unexpectedly hard than mm. you imagined and yet more surprisingly beautiful mm. than I expected. I like that. Yeah. So when you grew up, did you think your life would be easy? Yeah. I think you kind of always just think you're the exception to the rule, right? You just think, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, not everyone has a hand of aces, but you just yeah. think like as a kid, you're bulletproof. Like you can just yeah. do anything you want. You can um, adventure anywhere. Uh, surely nothing bad is going to happen to you. Like nothing. You yeah. just, you, you know what it takes and you are going to be bulletproof for your whole life. And then something hits and you're like, yeah. wait, I'm human. Like yeah. what? what? So yeah. true. So true. Yeah. I, I think that's great. And we'll, and we'll dive into that more um, when we, when we get into the interview of what made it beautiful. Um, so how about you tell us your whole name, where you live, how many kids you have and their ages? Yeah, that's great. So my name is Jane Butler. I live actually in the heart of Manhattan, New York City, mm. which surprises some people of how do I survive, but yeah. we absolutely love it. It's its own um, its own life over here. Yeah. Uh, and I have three kiddos. I have Jack, who's eight, 
Sage, who's five, and my little Lou, who is now three. So we're in the thick of all the ages for all of them. (laughs) Where are you? So are you from New York or where are you from? No, I'm actually from Canada. I'm from Toronto and um, came to the States in 2008 and went to school, which is where I met my husband uh, and then have honestly like moved up the East Coast over the past (laughs) 10 years. And uh, New York City is now home and we hope it to be home forever. Wow. I was going to say, so, you know, Toronto's a city, um, but it's not as big as New York City. What would you say is the most challenging part of raising kids in Manhattan? Yeah, I feel like we could do a whole episode on yeah. how to raise kids in Manhattan, um, <laughs> or like a whole series, honestly, because it's such a, it is such a different way of living over it here. Is. We, yeah. um, one of the, one of the things I actually love and don't like the most is that you are living so closely with others. So it's great. You have friends who live upstairs or downstairs, or you just are in community all the time. Like you can't mm. be alone in some yeah. ways, which is really beautiful. But then it's also like my minivan is my stroller. And so everyone sees everything that goes on inside my minivan, essentially. Like they see the tantrums, they see mm. the groceries fall out. They they see it all. And it's beautiful because we live in an area where there's a lot of families, Yeah, but it's, it's comical because we're just doing it. We're doing life together. And yeah. I think in when you have a car or when you have like your own house, you can kind of just hide a little bit more. Yeah. And in New York City, it's just all out there. It's like, like all exposed. Mm-hmm. It totally is exposed. And too, you know, for good for good or for bad, um, yeah. it's beautiful to see other families do it. And then we also have to just do some of the hard things in front of, you know, a thousand other people. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm not going to take over the show, but like, it's not norm normally, um, where people are located, especially with young children is Manhattan. So it just very much fascinates me. Um, I wonder like how it is to navigate in the winter when it's freezing and you're having to drag the kids everywhere, but being from Canada, maybe that doesn't bother you so much. So do you like, I just think about like it, we're driving and it's cold and all that, but like all the walking that goes on, but right. are you like completely immune to that at this point? Right. There was the first year we had a huge snow dumping. And I remember saying to my husband, I need to put like a bulldozer, like shovel in <laughs> yeah. front of my stroller to like, yes. push, push good the, idea. The yeah. But we're out of the, now that we're out of the baby stage, which is definitely the the hardest. Yes. Cause you have to have a stroller and you gotta lug my everything. Kids can walk yep. everywhere. Right. Yep. My kids can walk everywhere. But it's uh, my friends and I, we prepare for the winter. So we like maximize our weekends. We make sure we can house swap and trade apartments or, you know, rotate apartments for playrooms. Um, So you really do become creative when it comes to surviving in the winter, especially or rainy days too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's fascinating, right? Like you're talking about a shovel in front of a stroller. Somebody needs to invent that. That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay. So obviously I could probably talk to you about this all day long because I'm just like, wow, I have like so many questions. It's so interesting. Um, But you know, that's not why you're here. So let's jump in um, to the interview. And how about you share with us, you know, how you got to where you are today. And then we'll we'll jump into all the other stuff, um, you know, about your husband and about you starting your business. But like, how did it lead you to, you know, this moment in time? Yeah. So we, so I'm in the grief space, which, um, many people, I think back away when you first say that they're like, Oh, like something must've happened or like, what's your story. And so, yeah, a lot of what I do, why I do what I do is because of, um, what happened, uh, about nine, sorry, 10 years ago. Now time is flying. I'm losing track of time. Um, 
a month before my husband and I um, were getting married, he mm-hmm. was a one um, L, so a first year in law school, and he started having headaches. Um, and I will kind of condense some of the details so that we can sure. share the whole story. But yeah. we, he, yeah, he had headaches, and we were. Um, I assumed they were just you know stress headaches. And long story short, he was diagnosed um, a few days later with a nine centimeter brain tumor, which wow. was quickly expanding, and wow. that was. Um, yeah, very like it felt like the minutes were hours because you had to make so many decisions every minute as yeah. to what was going to happen and where you were going to go and wow. ambulances, all the sounds. And so your life mm. essentially, it's like it pauses and yeah. then in like a second, you're going through like light waves. So just how fast it all goes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we were diagnosed in Virginia a day later. We actually were on a plane on the way to Kansas to um, have his tumor removed. And that was when we started our journey of recognizing like our mortality and all of this scary stuff that goes along that. But just being in a time of crisis with what we thought at that point was a terminal illness kind of opened up this whole chapter to which, again, the your icebreaker was great because it's like, this was completely unexpected, mm, right? This was yeah. not part of my story. right? And um, a week after he was diagnosed, he was in a uh, his first brain surgery. And so we, um, May 1st, he was having a surgery. We were Mm. supposed to get married 24 days later and we just didn't know what his outcome would be. Right. The logistics of getting married, um, and everything that came through that. And we, um, by God's grace, we actually were able to get married 24 days later, which is, I look at our wedding pictures and I, I think like, Oh, it's a celebration of love, but we actually were just celebrating life, like life and the fact of like, we he's a, alive. Right, like we, yes, he's alive. Like he mm-hmm. was. I was more excited to see him at the end of the aisle than I think he was to see me. Yeah. Um, he might argue that, but I'm going to go. With I that know one. what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so we then. Um, so that was back in 2014, and then we thought like our brain tumor story was over. He didn't have to do treatment. We were like, okay, like that really was humbling and mm-hmm. and eye opening, and and really like flipped our priorities, right? Like in what we were. Um, just how we lived our lives. And, and grief at that point was a very close friend of mine mm. in just giving meaning to what I lost and, and navigating it. Right. I'm 24 and I almost lost my fiance and now husband and who knows what's going to happen next. Um, so that was like the first chapter of this evolving story. And then eight years later, so um, uh, last August, actually, we just passed a year. He had a tingling sensation and he was diagnosed again with wow. regrowth. And this point was, it felt like an entirely different diagnosis, honestly, because we were not only, you know, married for almost 10 years at that point, we had three kids. He was now my fiance, he was my husband, and it felt like I had a lot more to lose. Mm. Um, And the the grief and just the chaos of it all felt a lot more overwhelming, right? I have three kiddos who are going to be asking questions and where do they go and recovery and all the things. Wow. And so, um, yeah. So we then, and we were tackling it in New York city, which we don't have our, um, immediate family mm-hmm. here, but we definitely have friends that have become family. Oh, and mm-hmm. so we, yeah, just went through, I mean, we were just equipped with this community of people that just came around us. And my sister took my kids for a week, which was a gift, um, up in Canada. And mm-hmm. we went through surgery number two and wow. that was, um, really hard to just accept that like our chapter, that happened in 2014 was reopened. Like yeah. I had to say like, Oh, now we have had two brain surgery. Like what, 
what is going on? Yeah. And, and yet it also just reminded me of the fragility of life mm-hmm. and how, um, and how beautiful life can be and how hard it can be. And yet so many things, so many gaps in our healthcare system and in even just like how we talk about grief and death within our friendships and all the things that I was like, how can we, um, be more vocal about this? How mm-hmm. can we change things and pivot things so that no one has to do this alone? Yeah. And I feel like that was my, the second time last August, I remember mm. calling my business partner that night and being like, or after surgery and after everyone was home and we were just in the healing process was like, we need to do something. There's too mm. many gaps for yeah. someone to ever have to experience this without a tool to be made. And so that's yeah. how I ended up with building near. Yeah. So let's talk about Nier um, and what that looks like and your partner that you're talking about, your business partner, um, Mm -hmm. and what it encompasses. And also, you know, I don't know how you stated it, that you are in the world. No, no, no. Well, how did you say that you, I'm going to say this, but this is not the right thing that you said. Like you're in the world of grief, (laughs) but like, how did you say that? Like when, when people ask you and you're, how do you describe that? Like how, how you just said that to us? Yeah. So it's, it's funny because internally there's like a whole verbiage and sure. I, I'm pretty passionate about being like, I think we have to talk to people as if they're not like, they don't know everything that's going yes. on. And the, it, so there's yeah. death care, there's mm, the grief mm-hmm. space, there's the death space, there's the end of life industry. Like there's all wow. of these terms. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, nobody knows no. how, like, this is weird. Like we have to figure out how to talk about it yeah. without sounding either weird and scary or like it has to become more, more human. Um, and so that's kind of another kind of mission of just how we talk about it. Right. Cause we're all humans and Mm -hmm. the end of life is a human issue. Like it's a human reality. Um, and so I'm pretty passionate about normalizing it and yet normalizing in a way that helps people not get frozen in their grief or their fear Mm. of it all, but just Mm. like starts them to take the next step into like recognizing it and living better because of it. Yeah. And I'm sure people just look at you kind of like, what do you even mean? Right. Cause you say grief right. and it's like, it's kind of like a big umbrella, right. Of like, yes. okay, but what does that actually look like? And then, and how do you work in that space? Right. <laughs> like, so there's totally. probably like multiple questions that the people are thinking in their mind, like, Hmm. So let, let's talk specifically about near and what it does and why you felt like this was your calling to do this. Yeah, absolutely. So near we kind of summarize it as it's a platform that changes the way we care and connect during times of serious illness and loss. And so we have like a variety of different tools that we're building out. Our first one is the care registry. And so that is essentially a platform where it equips family and friends to come around someone who's either a someone or a family who's been, um, who's lost somebody or recently diagnosed. And it is a platform that can help create care requests mm. as well as, um, kind of pull in like meal options and funding options because although those are great, like meals and money are so helpful and so appreciated um, from the receiver. But it's also like, there's many other logistics that we miss when we just toss money at the situation. So some people will get a lump sum of money, but then they're like, well, I actually have to get all these different things versus being able to have like a wedding or a baby registry where mm. I can say what I need and yeah. And, someone actually buys that for me. So yes. I don't have to do that logistic One less as well. thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. One less thing you can take on because we want to prioritize that spending time with your loved ones is the most, most priceless important. thing that no yeah. one can, re- yeah, that no yeah. one can replace. So how can we pull back mm, all the other logistics? I like that. Yeah. Um, so that's one of our tools that we've launched, um, which is, which is great. It's, it's been a gift to be able to see um, 
family and friends sponsor and help um, people in crisis with this tool. And then we're also working on just end of life navigation. So how do we equip people who are facing really hard times with someone who is specialized or who knows kind of what to expect and just a quick um, text away of how can I, how can I do this? What should I expect? Where should I be in the situation? All these different prompts that we can better equip people. So we're also working on a navigational piece as well. I love that. Yeah, I think that's great. So have you been doing that for a year now since your husband's second tumor? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely been in the works for a few years Mm. um, in a variety of different ways. But ever since the second tumor, um, it was confirmation that we definitely needed to pour 120% into this um, idea to be able to help uh, friends and family, especially because our generation is starting to care for our parents. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. and even people our age are getting diagnosed. Right. So I, I yeah. feel like we need to just like open the conversation and start talking about it without freezing and being mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I just gave them money. It's like, yeah. there's other things we can do. And there's other vendors in this space that are actually doing really beautiful things mm. that we want to expose too, so that we can yeah. all better care during times of crisis. So walk us through this. Like, so if someone was diagnosed with cancer, right. Mm-hmm. And what would th- what would be their first steps? Like now that you have walked through two tumors and, you know, and, and in different life phases, right? So you think about like this show for moms, right? So you have the kids and they may not have family near them. And I mean that it, there's just a lot going on in my mind when like thinking about this and then the person's job and then the spouse's job, it's like, what's going on with that? Like, I mean, everything has to come to a halt, but that's not necessarily easy because life is still going. And so I guess, what would you recommend, you know, obviously if you were to use your website, but like, is that the first step or like, what, what is the first step? Like if somebody were somebody who's listening right now, they are just getting that diagnosis and they are in this like world of, I don't even know what I'm doing. I can't even think like, what is the first like few steps that someone could take, uh, to start making their life a little bit easier? Yeah, I think I think the first step I would I would do if it was my best friend that was going through mm-hmm. it is I would just remind them that they're not going to do it alone. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people immediately get um, very just fearful of all all what do they have to anticipate, but then also they just feel very alone in their yeah. grief. And I think that's the one thing that I would just say is that you're not you're not alone, and people in your life shouldn't let you be alone in this. Yes. You might have to experience it, but should just sit with that person and mm-hmm. say like I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I recently was talking to someone and they were like, I just don't know what to say. And I said, yes. just not saying anything, but being there is saying mm, something. Mm. And so you need to just sit there or hug them. Or mm. um, one of my best friends said, just like call, she was traveling during Andrew's second surgery. And I just, I could call her and we would just sit on the phone in silence. And mm. it was just like, someone was on the other line yeah. and that's all I needed. Mm. Um, and so I think that's what I would first do instead of go do this or, you know, make sure you do this. I would say first, like just sit with your grief. If you're, if you have faith, then, you know, mm-hmm. connect or connect with the Lord on that. And if you, you don't like connect with your family and friends and just be able to recognize that you have a community of people who are going to walk you through this. And then I would ask, I would honestly delegate somebody to be your go-to person. I feel like mm. a lot of people get overwhelmed with like, what can I do? What can I do? And the person who's oh, yeah. facing it doesn't know, but the person, like the one that's closest to you can say, I'll take it and I'll be their like project manager essentially. Yeah. And so that was, that was my friend and my sister, honestly, where mm. I was like, everything can go to them. Yeah. I'm going to care for Andrew. And 
Andrew just, Andrew and I just needed to focus on how he was doing sure. at that yeah. point. And so delegate to somebody to create a care registry or to be able to be the one go-to person, because if not, you'll be, it's so beautiful to see everyone's love for you mm. and to be supported, but it's also overwhelming when you feel like you owe it to them to be like, oh, yeah. I need, I need this, or I can't respond right now. And I, you know, there's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing and also overwhelming. So delegate that to one person and that one person can be your go-to. Um, so you feel like people are serving you in the best ways because they want to serve and they want to love you, but you're not being overwhelmed with yeah. that of an overwhelming diagnosis already. Yeah. So you, okay. So you said your sister lives in Canada, right? She's the one who took she the kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're in a, you know, a day and age that a lot of people don't live near like their best friends or their siblings or their parents. And I think it's, it's easy to think like, how am I going to even, how am I going to help them? Right. And so what would you recommend for the people who do not live close to those people want to show up, but have no idea the person who's grieving has no idea what they need. And so then you're just kind of stuck. You're like, you don't want to bug them, but you're kind of like, I want to step in. I have no idea how to do this. Totally. Totally. There's some really awesome new ideas when it comes to um, like grief support. Mm-hmm. So there's a company called Help Text, which um, you can pay for a an online or not online, but through your, your phone, a texting subscription where like they're able to like serve you and be able to help you walk through in this like counseling way. There's also like helpful gifts that you can give. There's um, some really incredible grief boxes that have really insightful um insightful like books that come with them. And then also just saying like, call me at any time, like making yourself available Mm. is, is incredible. Like there's just things of like, I'm going to check in with you. I'm going to be, I have a friend right now who knows that she can text me day and night and I'll respond. Um, and just being that support to them, I think is, um, is just what they need, especially if you don't live close, but you want to be there for them, um, as much as you can. And, um, yeah. Let me circle back. Okay. So to that texting, like that counseling, um, yeah. service, what is it called? It's called help text. Oh, is it help? Uh, do you, are you saying health text, like a text message? Health Sorry, text? Help, oh, help, help text. text. Okay. Yep. And we actually, um, near gets $10 off if you use the code stay near. So it's, oh, a great, it's one of our okay. favorite. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of our favorite, uh, texting like grief support. It's by licensed grief counselor. It's, it's awesome. We, we really do love working with them and, and find that their texts have really helped people during, um, even just pre diagnosis and grief and loss. And with the grief boxes, is that something you just search and, and try to find like a company that's good? Like yeah. you can just look up grief boxes. So yeah. So our website, um, under the shop actually has oh, a category of okay. where we, like what we suggest for different diagnosis and what, mm. what we suggest for different um, outcomes. So yeah. yeah, I would suggest going there and and uh, finding a uh, gift that works for okay, you to perfect. get. There's some really beautiful ideas that people yeah. don't know about. Right. I do. I think people, if they're, if they've not experienced this, it's very foreign and then they don't know what to do. Um, I was going to ask you about sending your kids to your sister now, because I do think this is a true logistical issue, right? When there's like, people are like, I don't have somebody that I trust with my kids and whatnot. So did you fly your kids up there? Did she fly to, to you and then take the kids? Like, how did that look? Or were they, Yeah. I was going to say, did you drive, but that's probably too far. Well, no, actually we, so, which this was a great idea for one of the, uh, for one of the gifts that people gave us, mm. somebody had given us kind of like road tripping uh, crafts, which I, I get that like when you're a mom and you 
at least planned for a road trip, you can typically do that as a mom because you're just like, I can do that. Like, I know what my kids yes, need. Right. But when you're in, when you're a grieving mom or when you're in no, a time of crisis, you can't think about it. Being creative, mm-hmm. right? Being creative is like out the window. You're yes. just like, how do I stay alive? Survive. Uh, yeah. And keep everyone somewhat clean and fed. Right. And so I had people, uh, I remember a friend had like literally sent me coloring books, these really oh. amazing drawing pads, and they were like, mm-hmm. use this for the road trip up to Canada. And so oh, my sister okay. actually met mm-hmm. us. Half halfway. Oh, nice. And yep. um, and just feeling carried literally by like the smallest drawing pad was like people are like carrying us along. They're making oh, us and helping yeah. and equipping us to get there because I'm just in I'm in like auto mom mode, right? I'm yep. like I've, I've packed the diapers, I've packed everything that she needs, and I knew my sister would carry the rest because she's sure. an incredible mom. Yeah. But then I was like all the extra stuff that is so helpful. Other people were able Aww. to think ahead for me. Nice. Um, and so we actually met halfway, which was great. Um, and then, yeah, one of the hardest, I think, moments as our family was having to say goodbye. Yeah. Because we didn't know at that point what what's going to happen. You know, yeah. Well, well, yeah. What ten days later would look like. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, the, the, even all that is like great ideas. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk about um, what did you find during this time with your husband um, that you kind of felt like. We, we kind of just talked about what is helpful, but like, what would you say is not really helpful during these times? Because I think people have very good intentions and it could go sideways. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They can go or they can just say the things and you're like, you think they need to go to grief counseling. Cause you're just like, you yeah. don't know what you're saying. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's a great question. My, I think having that delegated person was really helpful mm, because, yeah. and she was, she's a mom of four. So she even gets it. Cause I remember I had, um, women that didn't have kids who were like, well, what, what do you need? And I was just like, I, I don't know. I yeah. can't even think about what I need, but I need someone to think for me. And so yeah. I remember mm. her just being like, okay, you need, like, I've already assigned somebody to, you know, order, the extra drivers for Canada. I've already assigned somebody to actually like pack your snacks for the hospital because the hospital doesn't have great snacks. Like she's been thinking right. ahead for me, oh, which yeah. is like, ah, this is like so helpful. So that delegated person was definitely a, um, just a gift even to us. I think also just for people to, um, to say something and recognize that, yeah, being there is also saying something. So I had a friend who was very honest saying like, I really don't know what to say, but yeah. every night she showed up when we would come, when I would come back, um, cause I wasn't allowed to sleep during at the hospital yeah. due to pandemic stuff. Sure. So I would come back and she was like, let's just go for a walk. And we would mm. just like walk around the block mm. and, and it just felt, she created a space of no judgment and it was like, she just let me cry and oh, scream or yeah. just be there. And yeah. it was like those people underestimate the gift of just being there. And so don't feel like your presence isn't a present, um, because it really is. And I, I mean, you, you have to have those, those opportunities. Um, and that's a gift you can give to somebody else. Um, and then I would just say like, don't, I think making sure you're not, um, you don't try to fix the situation. Mm. Like you just can't fix it. So don't come in trying to find the silver lining. Um, Mm. Brené Brown has that awesome video where, you know, someone's in the pit and someone above her. I just saw that. Yes. You know, like you're going to, you're going to get better. Like check out the, (laughs) you check out the silver lining or like, how's it going down there? Um, it's just so unhelpful. Like Mm -hmm. don't say that everything happens for a reason. Like it's just, like it just, right. Just, just be like, that sucks. Like just admit that it sucks Mm -hmm. and point out the obvious because that is empathy, right? Like I'm just sitting in it with you and Mm -hmm. 
we're going to sit in the hard together. And I think that's, again, that's showing love to somebody without feeling like they have something wrong yeah. with them that you're trying to fix. Like just sit in it with them. I right. think that's also um, what I would do versus, yeah, try to try to fix it. Yeah. And so with the people that are far away, you know, and they're texting, um, how do you show up and be present for somebody when texting is your main way of communicating and, and maybe you don't have the capacity? I know you were saying you were talking to your best friend and just being silent, but you know, not, you're not going to want to do that with everyone. So what could people do, um, through text and to show up in a way to let you know they're there? Is it simply just saying, I just want you to know I'm here. You know, it's, I think sometimes when you're like texting, you're kind of like, I need to say the most perfect thing versus like in person, you can hug somebody and then gauge like how they're doing. But on a text, I think sometimes people get paralyzed and they say nothing because they're like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know if this is going to come off wrong. You're like, is this enough? And then people don't do it. And so I would love to hear what your thoughts are with that. And maybe what are the best things to say that, are neutral enough and is not going to trigger, you know, that whole silver lining or, you know, saying something wrong and inappropriate and, and they don't mean it. Totally. And I think everyone might have a, a slightly different answer. Sure. I also just think the more like open and honest you are, mm. like clarity is kind. So I would just say, even in your text, like, I don't know what to say, but yeah. I'm thinking of you. Like, I just oh, yeah. no like no words are going to make anything better, that. but I'm yes. here. Like just mm. like calling out the elephant in the room. Yeah. This sucks, I love and it. I'm here. Mm. Um, or I'm praying for you, mm. or like you're not far from my thoughts. They're just like things yeah. that, again, put yourself with them mm. is is beautiful. Yes. Um, I also had somebody say they really benefited from somebody saying, um, "I'm so sorry this happened to you," as if like you didn't ask for this, you didn't, oh, you know, yeah. wasn't something you 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 set yourself you didn't pick up it. for. Yeah, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're like a victim of this like pain and heart in the yeah. world, and like I'm so sorry. Um, and just that like empathy piece again, it's just so huge during grief. Yes. I am so excited to tell you that if you've been sitting on the fence with life coaching, imagine this, you and I working together one-on-one for free. If you are a mom in their late thirties or forties, finally finding yourself having the time to think about yourself, then make sure to grab a free mini coaching session with me. If you feel like you're stuck and you are ready for your 40s to be amazing, if that be losing your baby weight, changing jobs, maybe starting a business, working out again, or possibly just building habits that you can feel good about and stick to, then this coaching session is for you. Maybe you're finding yourself spending so much energy thinking, what is next in my life? I have the husband, I have the kids, I have the house, but I still want more Then this call is for you. Maybe you feel like you're too old and you want to try something different, but you're so scared and you don't know how to take those first steps. This session is for you. And even better, I'm going to give you tactical steps that you can start implementing the moment we get off our Zoom call. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at Living. Or if you know this is something that you've been wanting, just go ahead and grab a spot at mominspiredshow.com dot com forward slash coaching. And if you don't see a date or time that works for you, DM me at mom inspired living or email me at amber at mom inspired show.com. I can't wait to chat with you guys. Now let's get back into the show. I think in a time like this too, it is hard, especially if you don't have that tight knit um, community, like you were describing. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you might have friends and all that. Um, but in that moment, you may be realizing like, oh man, I really should have cultivated this more. Right. And so it's like the people that you're like, okay, this feels really weird to ask these people for help. I mean, do you have any recommendations 
for those people, or maybe they're newer to an area and they don't have all those established friends that feel like family. But as you know, they're going to need people who might be able to pick up their kids, but they're feeling like this feels so awkward. And I, am I imposing on them? Am I putting a burden on them? But like, you're falling apart while trying to figure all of that out. What, what do you have uh, for those people that might be struggling with that? Yeah, totally. I like to believe that in every city or in every community group, there's at least one other mom that's very much like you. Mm -hmm. I think there's, yeah. I think sometimes we like convince ourselves as moms is like, nobody gets me or they have their whole life together or yeah. like, I'm, I don't want to show my weakness. And I yeah. think just another mom is feeling that same thing. Like mm. another mom, another mom does not have the rule book that you don't have. Like they don't have this playbook of like, this is how you parent perfectly. Like you're, we're, we're in it. And I think if any of us have had toddlers, yes, we get that like, you know, the tantrum could happen at any point during your day. Like just, yeah. you're not a bad mom. If they're tantruming on the ground, it's, you just have to respond to it with grace. And so I think what I would hope for is for that person who's in a hard time to just confide in a friend, confide in a mom, whether it's through like a school community or through a faith community, just be able to say like, to vocalize to somebody, I need help. Like this is what's going on. And let that person also be more of a voice. Mm. Um, I do think that especially in like newer areas, if you can get plugged into a mom's group, like there's a reason why the other moms are there. They're looking for community too. So you're all in it together. You're trying to find this. Um, And I think they then become the friends and family that that really do step in during times of crisis. Um, I know that our area has a huge forum that's really helpful and they open up like different play groups and there's other, um, there's other things like even at like YMCA's across the country, like there's other communities that have created little social gatherings that um, find find your person, find one other person. Um, and if they're a mom of typically multiple kids, you're, it's, you're yeah. pretty close to saying you're, yeah. you're going to yeah, yeah, yeah. with them. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. What do you think about food? People bringing food and doing food or trying to send DoorDash or I don't know, this is where the whole Manhattan thing, like is like a very different beast than say the totally. suburbs, but, um, well you have way more access to like so many great foods, but like, so with that, I think a lot of people want to do food. Like, is that a good idea? Or like, is that too much? Like, is that like, is that old school? Like, wait, what is, what, what comes up for you with that? Yeah. It's so funny. My, my business partner and I always go back and forth because you don't want to ever say to somebody who's trying to support you. Like, I don't want this Yeah, because I don't like, because then that's like a whole other thing for I you know. as the receiver to be like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm being picky at this point in my life. Right. right. But but is we it helping? Like, right. Yeah. Right. Is mm-hmm. it helping? Is it like, is it actually more like frustrating to assign yes. when you're going to meet to pick up the food mm-hmm. or to warm it up? Like yeah. and allergies and all the things. So I have found that, um, uh, and even on our care registry, we've written like, what's the most helpful? Like, is it delivery or is it casseroles? Like oh, what can you write nice. in yeah. that's mm-hmm. like, or gift cards um, or something or to restaurants? Or yeah. even just like, um, a gift card, like a, $200 or $100 gift card to HelloFresh or whatever it is. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. that, that way, like I can just go on that night and choose four meals and yeah. I feel like I'm setting like a HelloFresh ad, but, um, no, I know but basically, like, <laughs> something that's like that, that's easy versus like, Oh, now you're sending me to Trader Joe's on a Saturday and I'm going to figure out like <laughs> In Manhattan. what I need to be. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't meal plan. I just need to make sure people are fed. And so mm. we had a, a friend who gave us a DoorDash gift card it oh. lasted us for several dinners. And that was just wow. like a mm-hmm. gift to be like, wow, like dinner's covered tonight. I literally just, you know, hit repeat. Like it was I just love repeat. that. Yes. Um, so again, just if you're able to communicate what you need and what you like, people want to do that, but you yep. just have to be able to 
that yeah. person that delegated saying, yeah. please have people not give me stale food, essentially. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. That. And this is so good. And I think that is where, okay, let's talk about the delegated person. Okay. Um, do you feel like the delegated person has to be local or do you feel like it's, it works even if they weren't like if say your sister was the delegated person, I know you said you had yeah. your friend and your sister, do you mm-hmm. feel like if it was just your sister there, it might've been a little bit more challenging because she isn't local to you or it would have been fine? I think it's, I think it's still fine okay. because it comes to like, I just ended up texting, um, my person just to be able to, and this is where I wish the care registry existed back then, mm. but for her to say, okay, I have a care request to actually like our house is a disaster. Cause we've been in and out so much. Like yeah. if somebody wants to serve us, that would be great. And typically the community that's local would be able to step in and say, yeah. I'll do it. And yeah. they can mark it on the care registry as like, I'll help out. Yeah. So my sister or my friend who is local, they, they, they could facilitate a care registry. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least say like, this is what Jane needs versus I looked at my phone and I would have five or six different chats going on. And yes. okay. I, I can't, so true. I don't know yep. who I've told who, what. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's good. Because I'm trying to like, just think about all the questions that I know people might be like, Oh, does it need to be local? I don't know. Uh, again, because I do think a lot of people have close people that don't live near them. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Okay. So as we end, um, I do want to, I I would love for you to share anything that like we might've missed, but I do know, I do want to say this. I, how would you use near, um, you know, for someone or for yourself? Like what is the best way um, you know, to set that up is, is like, is it, you have a diagnosis or someone has passed away or something like that. And this is now when you're going in, or is this where you would say, I need somebody else to do this? Like w- walk us through what that looks like. Yeah. So if you know somebody who's been terminally diagnosed or has recently lost somebody and they're dealing with the logistics, then you can go ahead and create a care registry today for them, for the family that's, um, that's still here that you recognize, like if it was a spouse of somebody, like you can ask, like, can I create a care registry on behalf of the partner to facilitate all the logistics for all of these people involved? Mm -hmm. Um, If you yourself have been terminally diagnosed, um, we're launching our navigational piece soon, which is going to be working with um, licensed doulas who are going to help you walk through Mm, um, just really hard things. And so that's coming. Um, And so it's for both. Yeah. um, I love it it's all accessible right now on our website. So you can check out and everything is free. Um, the care registry is free. So it's great to just sign up and also just like look at gifts, like discover gifts. If you don't need a care registry, there's lots of gift ideas Mm. on what to give, um, for certain situations and, and, um, and all of those grief boxes are on the website too. That's so awesome. I literally have had conversations with people going, um, maybe they've lost a baby. Um, or something. And you're just kind of like, and, but you don't know them well. And you're like, what, what do you buy them? Like, I mean, so it, it is a thing that, and then you kind of, again, you get paralyzed. You're kind of like, I don't know. And then you're like, this person doesn't even know that you care that you're trying to figure this out. And, um, and so I think that's awesome that, um, people can just access that and see all that. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add before we end today? Just to confirm and like remind people, like, just don't grieve alone. Like yeah. find, find people. If you have to reach out to people that are across a few States or even like there's some incredible, um, grief therapy and just don't, don't do it alone. And, and if you are a person that knows someone who's grieving, like just be there for them, remind them that they aren't alone. Make sure you're not trying to fix it, but you're just really sitting in it with them 
um, that's going to be more healing than, than you realize. Wow. That's awesome. Jane, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so good talking with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you love this episode, I would love for you to tag me at mom inspired living on IG story. So I can personally thank you for sharing this. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week. 